guys, welcome back to the pod. I'm Peter. We all know. Listen, we already know, all know who my roommate is. Dustin, kind know. of a big, kind of a big deal. Kind um, of a big deal. Hey, Come I apologize, my man. I did not roll out the red carpet for you for this recording session. I uh, I will Don't get on that next time, man. Come next week. Good, get, get it together. Snap, snap. Snap, snap. Jesus, you see how he treats me, guys. You see what I have to put up with. <laughs> It's been kind of nice having a, a month and taking, a half off. I've been where... taking care of your the dogs, man. I've been like a I'm little just... lonely housewife. We'll get into that, though. We'll talk. <laughs> I'm just messing. No, I, I miss you, bro. It's good to be back. Good to be back, man. Good for you to be back. Happy to get these things going again. Uh, talking, vibing. Yeah, not not recording from a hotel room with kind of spotty Wi-Fi and the lags that come with that. So we're back yeah. in a... Back in our apartment. It's good. Uh, good to be back here. Let's see here. Swear, jar, tally. Oh, Update. Oh, All right. So, Peter is 15. Dustin, That's it? Dustin is 21. Okay, it's not terrible. 21, because I guess you had some uh, additions here. You mentioned how nice uh, the dogs, the dogs, bleep was last episode <laughs> with uh, my mom. She was uh, spilling some tea there on how she uh, fell in love with my dad. And um, so I guess I added to the, the tally. That's fine. That's not bad, though. For someone yeah. that curses all the time and you don't, I mean. Yeah, I get. I, I would think we were going a little faster. Or I thought this would go by a little faster to, I've to, been the, trying to race slow to down 100. Too. I've been trying Dude, to slow down. Just be yourself, man. Be myself. What, what's, no one, did we no decide what's going on you. after the... The tally jar? No? No, we haven't. But I guess we have some time. <laughs> We're not even a quarter quarter of the way there yet. But Okay. Well, yeah. What else do we have? What else are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, today's episode, guys, is it's going to be fun, obviously. It always is. Uh, or we try to make it fun for you guys. But also going to have um, a slightly different tone to it, especially in the beginning. Our first topic here, we're going to be talking about Cuba and obviously what's going on with with the whole situation right now, you guys may know some stuff. You may know nothing. Um, so either way, I think you're going to really enjoy what we have to say. I'm bringing my mom back on to help me with this topic. Obviously, you know, being a Cuban immigrant, there's really no one that I think that, that could kind of help more, you know, than my mom and to shed some light, give a perspective of, of what it's like for the average Cuban living in that country right now and what they're going through. So a little bit of a a more serious tone, maybe we haven't brought to you guys um, in previous episodes as much, but um, I think it's important to shed light, talk about this. And um, of course, after that, we will have uh, you know some more fun with you guys, but I'm excited for today's episode for sure. Guys, so this episode, want to want to shed some light on the whole situation that's going on in Cuba right now. Um, obviously, you know, Cuba is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, my mom is uh, an immigrant from Cuba. She was born in Havana and immigrated over to the States when she was three years old uh, with, my, with my grandmother and my grandfather. And right now, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I feel like, I feel like it would just be good to like I said, shed some light on the situation just because I don't feel like a lot of people actually know exactly what's going on or they've seen some stuff, you know, on social media or the news and uh, they kind of feel like they have an idea, but there's just a little bit of confusion and um, hasn't necessarily been talked about so much. So I just think, you know, it'd be nice to shed some light. Um, I have my mom back on the pod this week um, to 
help me do just that. Um, I think, you know, it'd be kind of unique to have someone with uh, an actual Cuban immigrant um, and their perspective and have have my mom kind of paint a picture of what it's like right now in Cuba for everyone that's living there and what they're going through with the government and, um, you know, communism and, and the dictator, um, everything that kind of started from Fidel Castro and where we are present day and kind of what started this whole news cycle with these protests and uh, people trying to make noise. Um, you know, I guess I'll start my perspective you know, being the son of a, of a Cuban immigrant, obviously I've, I've had, um, I've been privy to some more knowledge than the average, you know, American of what's going on there. And honestly, guys, it sucks. Like it just, it, it's so sad that there's still, you know, and listen, there's no country that's perfect in this world. We are, we all know that, but, um, to be able to, I think we sometimes, you know, you get comfortable in, with freedom, and, and what a beautiful thing freedom is. And, and you do take it for granted sometimes because you just, you haven't known anything else and you've been fortunate to grow up in that kind of country. But Cuba is the exact opposite of that. They don't have any freedom and they have been ruled by, um, you know, a dictator, you know, obviously starting with Fidel Castro when he, when he came in and took over the country and, you know, the country has been ruled by communism and they haven't known what it's like to truly live a free life. And it's so sad because I've even heard stories of like my own family and like they kind of, they get brainwashed where um, they don't know anything else. It's kind of like, I think you've heard probably from like North Korea, where when you live in a communistic country, the government controls everything. They control the internet. They control what comes in, what goes out. What the people are getting is what they, the government wants the people to get. And so whatever lies they want to spread, the people, it's just, they don't know anything else. And so you know, they've been brainwashed to, to essentially think that the government is, you know, taking care of them. And, um, you know, they don't need freedom. They don't like the government is going to take care of them and that's okay. And they shouldn't ask for anything else. They shouldn't want to try to have the opportunity to create a better life for themselves. Like everyone's the same. Um, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a taxi cab driver, you're going to be paid the exact same. Uh, it doesn't matter the effort you work you put in. Um, and it's just, it's sad that, that a, a country of, of, of people have to live that way. And it's exciting now because I think there's change coming with that. And you're seeing that with these protests. And, and right now, I think with the pandemic, it's kind of just shined uh, an even brighter light on the problem, the disaster that communism has brought to Cuba because they're so short in supply of food, um, supply of, of, of vaccines, of um you know, just medical equipment. Uh, they're struggling. You know, they're running out of money. They they just they don't have what they need. And the U.S. You know, unfortunately, it's it's a you know, it's tough, but can't help because we have the embargo going on where we don't communicate, we don't trade with Cuba, we don't endorse communism and the freedoms that they're stealing from these uh, from these Cubans um, and their quality of life. And it's just it's deteriorated to a point where I think the Cuban people have had enough. And they are are starting to stand up, and they're you know they are screaming to be heard and and begging for help. And unfortunately, there's you know there's no easy solution. Um, it's tough. You know what does what can we do from the, the the U.S. government? Like what? How can we interject, intervene to kind of help these poor people that are li- literally living in filth? I we went to Cuba, and my mom will talk more on this. But it's it's you know there's beautiful parts. Don't get me wrong. It's honestly it's the most beautiful island I've ever seen in my life. The beaches are unreal, and, and there's a little bit of you know where you see like the they're stuck in the 50s. It's 
it's cool for like the first five seconds. And then you realize how sad it is that these people haven't been able to progress, you know, to 2021 now. Um, but they're living in, in filth and trash on the streets. And um, it's like, at, at what point do we interject and and destroy communism? Because there's no place in this world for communism. There's no place in this world to take freedoms from any human being. And I just I just want to shine a light and, and, and help, you know, make some noise and just educate you guys on really what's going on. And uh, so, I, like I said, I brought my mom on. She was born uh, in Havana, Cuba. She immigrated over uh, when she was when she was three. Um, you know, her dad, my grandfather, who I never had the opportunity to meet, unfortunately, he passed away. You know, before I was born. But he was actually he was the head of the Supreme Court out there in Cuba before Fidel Castro uh, took over. And uh, so, my mom's obviously very passionate about her her homeland, um, her island. I want to have her kind of paint a picture for you guys of, of really like what it's like right now for the average Cuban and why they are so desperate for help. So, uh, mom, it's so good to have you back, uh, for another episode. I know this is tough for you to talk about and it's emotional and, you know, we still have family there, but I honestly don't think there's any better person to, um, bring on and shed some light. So I'll give you the floor. Well, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to come on and give you guys a little bit of light on what's going on in my beautiful island. They've had enough. They have had enough. 62 years is way too long. And the situation day by day, it's just getting harder and harder and harder. They can't take it anymore. Communism sucks. I'll be the first one to say that it destroys family. And I always say that the best definition for communists is destroyer because that's exactly what it does. And it lives to its name. You know, I left Cuba back in, oh gosh, in 19, uh, what was it? 1961. It was something that, again, like I said, a destroyer. It destroyed my family because I left my family behind. My mother and father left a year and a half before I did. And I was separated from them for that long. When I arrived to the United States, you know, my father passed away. So it was just my mother and I myself. So the reason that we left, the number one reason is human rights and freedom. My mother and dad did not want me to live without that. And Today, I am ever so grateful to them for having me, having them give me that gift of leaving a communist country where I would not be able to speak my mind, where I would not be able to even speak about the situation that's going on in a positive, negative way, because they're just, Cuba right now, guys, is just, it's, I hate to say this, it's hell. What they're going through right now is pure hell. And the situation has gotten worse because of COVID. Don't think that it's COVID that made this come through. Not, it's not just COVID. It's the years of no food, no rights, no human rights, no freedom. And now with COVID, that's it. That really just did it in. They don't have medicines in Cuba. You know, they the hospitals right now are denying anyone in, especially if they got, you know, they've gotten shot or if they've gotten wounded by the communist people in their very peaceful protest. They're not letting them in because 
the communist people, that's exactly what they do. They just take care of themselves. There, so, so, there, so there's no, to be clear with everyone, Cubans don't have the right to protest with, with, the, with the government, correct? Right now, they're doing peaceful protests, but no. We, there's no rights. They're, they don't have human rights. And, you know, right, right now what's happening is the president of Cuba right now is Diaz-Canel. That's his the name of the the of whoever I don't even want to say the man because he's not even a man to me. I'm getting passionate as you can see about this talking, mm-hmm. but he is telling his people, the communist people, he is telling him go out. He just put this out three days ago. Go out and defend our rights, their rights of being communist, okay? But of course, this regular civilians don't have any rights. Go out and fight. Go out and do whatever you have to do to your fellow Cubans that are not under our party, under the communist party. Do whatever you have to do to them. So what are they doing? They have guns because remember, when Castro came in, he said, no guns. Nobody's going to have guns. Nobody's going to have a means of protecting themselves because they were scared that one day the revolution would come back and, you know, go back against them. And because because he because when Fidel took over, he came in with guns. Oh, of and that course was what he was did. Made, of course, he possible. came in with guns and with all kinds of weapons to destroy Cuba. And now we don't have anything there. So these poor people that are doing peaceful protests down the streets are being encountered by the Communist Party, what they do is, you know, there's communist people in Cuba, of course, and what they do is they're coming up with bats, they're coming up with their guns, they've been shooting, they've been killing, they've been, I mean, it's just to me, it's just, I just don't understand how, and I agree with them, it can't go on any longer. This just can't go on. They don't have food. Three weeks ago, I had a call from a relative of mine And this is before all of this happened. And she said to me, I don't have anything to cook tonight. And they never have much to begin with. But that night, she didn't have anything to put on that stove. How do you think that makes me feel? Because I live in a free country. I know that I can go to the store and I know I can get this. I can get that. They can't get anything. Again, communism sucks, and it sucks the life out of everyone there. It does. It sucks the life out of them. How do they, how do they, how do they, um, I know you've told me stories like the brainwashing that goes on there. I think the, the, what the, the Fidel story, why don't you tell that? Okay. This is, this is, goes on all the time. You know, they try to get the little kids in to communism, but just one second here, they're trying to get these little kids in a few years ago into communism. And these are the kids that today have opened up their eyes to realize that their brainwashing did not work. They try to start from an early age, Exactly. And what they were doing to them was they would put them in a room and say, close your eyes and ask God for an apple. So they would close their eyes. They pray, God, give me an apple. There was not an apple on the table when they opened up their eyes. Well, then they'd say, ask Fidel Castro for an apple. Oh, Fidel Castro, please give me an apple. As they opened up their eyes, that communist person next to them put an apple in front of their table. So that's how... This works. From an early age, they get brainwashed like that. Yes, they get brainwashed like that. And it's just, you know, it's just so sad. But again, these are the young people that today are out on the streets because they realize, this is very interesting too, a new song came out. It's called Patria y Vida, Country and Life. 
And this is what's getting everyone up there, too. I mean, all these young people are listening to this song. They have banned it from what I hear in Cuba because it talks about the rights that you have, the freedom that we have in other countries, that if you want to go to the store and buy yourself whatever, you can do it. If you wanted to say this and whatever to someone, you can say it and not be afraid that your brother is watching you and spying on you to turn you in. It's the freedom that the song brings out. So now they have banned it in, you know, in Cuba. And these people have gotten the idea that, you know, hey, there is life somewhere else. There is life. So why are we dealing with this? This isn't getting us anywhere. And, you know, like I said, we went to Cuba, what, five years ago? Mm-hmm. And everything that we paid in Cuba went to the military, went to the communist government, everything, the hotels that we paid for, um, the food that we paid for. And I always tell everyone, one week in Cuba cost me double of one week in Monaco, which is the south of France, a beautiful area, very expensive. That is how much it cost me, twice the amount that I would have spent in Monaco. Why? Because they charge the, you know, they charge us crazy amounts because we're Americans. And even though I am an American citizen, they don't recognize me as one. To them, I am still a Cuban citizen. And the last day that we were leaving Cuba, and I think you recall that, we got to the airport and every you and your father and, and your brother Jack got on, you know, they were going on their airplane. They got on that airplane and I was held behind I was held behind. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I was scared. We were so scared because I have to put in my maiden name on the passport, right? That's where, how they know me. They don't know me as Barbara Weber. They know me as Barbara Figueroa Weber. Okay. Actually, they don't even acknowledge the Weber. But so I was paranoid because I knew that my dad was against that government. And I was so afraid that they were going to hold me back. So afraid to hold me back. And when I went to ask the gentleman at the counter who does not even work for the airlines, he's just an employee of Cuba's government himself there. I asked him, I said, why can't I get on the airplane? And very sternly, he just looked at me and he says, I will get you on that plane when I want you want you to get on there. And I had never even said a word, but I think he you know, he saw my name and he was probably trying to intimidate me in any which way. And I said, you know, that plane is going to leave. And he says, that plane won't leave until I tell it to leave. And you know me, I speak up. I do not keep quiet. And I looked at him and I said, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. That plane won't leave until the captain decides to leave. So unless I get on that airplane, that plane is not going anywhere. So you know, I spoke up and again, you know, he had me stay there for 10 more minutes and then gave me my pass. But, you know, not very happy about the way I had very spoken reluctantly. To him. Yeah. 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 I, it's and that's that's just the def, that's Cuba. And they just they try to intimidate and they try to control and they don't want people to think for themselves. They've you know, they've shut down the Internet. They don't, they're not Cubans aren't hearing anything. They don't know the support that they're getting from the states or from all around the world. The, the regime there is they don't want anything to come back into Cuba. It's so sad because the only place you can actually get Wi-Fi is in the parks. That's where the government allows it. And so they've completely shut down the Wi-Fi there. But it's up to 
honestly, I, I think their only hope because like, you know, they don't, they're fighting fists with guns. There's no op- option for a revolution mm-hmm. there, obviously with, with no firearm. So the only option is, is, is coming from outside. And, you know, I don't know what that is. I want to ask you, you know, you know, what, what do you think, it, how can we help? What can be done from the States to, to, to help these poor people? You know, right now, as of yesterday, some politicians have put out, you know, statements and they want to support, you know, in some sort of way, they want to have an involvement that the United States has with Cuba. And if it's through the United Nations, you know, the federal administration or the organization of states, they want to bring in peacekeepers. And I I support that 110% peacekeepers. What what does that mean? Those are people that go in and they try to keep the peace, basically. They don't want... Like, so Americans are going to come into Cuba and... That's what they are, you know, that's what the involvement, what they want in there. But you know Mm -hmm. what? Right now, there's a flotilla of boats, over 100 boats, off the coast of Florida, ready to leave at any given time. They're ready to go with supplies out to Cuba. Um, but of course, you know, the American Coast Guard, they can't let them go through. It's only 12 miles that they can't go through anymore after, you know, they pass them because they don't know what they're going to do to them. They don't know, you know, the Cuban government's going to shoot them down like they did years ago to the brothers of the rescues that were trying to come in through planes. They they shot them down as well. I mean, it's it's just a very, very sad, it's a very you know, it's, it's, it's a very bad situation. And I just wish that, you know, we could see a free Cuba sometime soon. I really do. I would love to see Cuba free, but right now, you know, the people, as a matter of fact, I'm going to say one thing here right now, Venezuela has let their soldiers go, you know, their communist soldiers come into Cuba and there's loads and loads of Buses coming through, and what they're doing is they're not dressed as so as military people. They're dressed as civilians. So what they do is they kind of get in close to the people that are protesting peacefully and get down and start fighting them. They have their guns, they have their bats. So many are being killed, and I am getting I don't know how many DMs all the time on, and this is so sad, so sad. COVID. Okay, COVID. The people are dying and they're keeping them in their beds. And then people are sending me pictures of their loved ones in bed, dead from COVID, all ages, kids, young adults, older people. And it just breaks my heart to see what's going on. And they don't, because the government won't pick them up, nobody picks them up. So now what they have to do, unfortunately, is they have to take them out onto the streets and burn them because there's no means of having somebody come in and get the dead. And the COVID shots that are, excuse me, going back to COVID here, COVID, you know, Cuba has always said, oh, we're so good with medicine. We are the best. We're this, we're that. Well, a pharmacist, and this isn't me because I'm not there, but a pharmacist related the other day on the news that the COVID shot that they have right now, okay, is simply sugar and water. That's how effective it is. Plus the placebo shot. It is. That's what they have yeah. right now. It doesn't work. Nothing works. And of course, they don't want any help from anyone because they pride themselves in doing absolutely 
nothing. Right. And it's, it, guys, I hope that this, you know, can just shed some light on the situation and how dire it is. And again, we don't know what what the solution is. It's it's just, it's so tough. It's um, obviously the politics in this are extremely difficult, um, but make some noise if you can, yes. you know, write to your politicians, yes. to your elected officials. Uh, you know, this is, you know, it's it's crazy that just so a couple miles off the coast of our beautiful free country, there's this complete opposite example. And, and the thing is, Cuba is the most beautiful country. And I would love for all of you to have the opportunity to visit it and see, you know, truly what makes it so beautiful. And um, but even more than that, the people, the Cubans that are living there that deserve every right that we have in this in this country and and the freedom that we get to enjoy. Make noise if you can. And And do you know that Cuba is closer to Miami than Tallahassee is to Miami. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's how close we are to them. That's how close we are to them. So again, I you know I always ask for prayers, prayers because I do believe yeah. the power of prayer. But I think at this time we need a little bit more than prayers. Yeah, we need we need communism to fall, to fail, and to never reveal its ugly face ever again in this world. Communism doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Take it, it from doesn't. me. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, Mom, thank you so much for, for coming on again. I think everyone really really is going to enjoy hearing from you and uh, just your perspective. Um, and our thoughts or prayers are with all of our, you know, obviously our family back there and the rest of the Cubans. And, um, you know, here's the putting it out there that, that soon Cuba will be free. Amen. So it's uh, it's official, Dusty. I returned. Man, I gotta like, I don't know, man. You kind of, I didn't, I wasn't expecting you, I guess, to be gone this long. I t- I, t- I told you this was like nothing like minor. This was a pretty serious training this, event. This wasn't this wasn't easy, man. This wasn't easy. I mean, two dogs taking care of two dogs is a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. You I know? feel like I feel like we're. Uh, we're like a, like almost like a married couple, right? And these are our It kids. feels like a married couple. I feel like you're over <laughs> here, you know, just, you know, up in the clouds and I'm over here just picking up shit and <laughs> scrubbing the outdoor patio with piss. And man, I'm <laughs> leaving little surprise, little shits around the house for me. I'm like, Oh my god! I, I, I guess this is, a, this is giving you a good little sense here of uh, yeah of playing house and what it's like, and then down the line with some kids. Yeah. So I'm the housewife. I'm the housewife <laughs> at home that needs attention. I'm out here slaving away, and you're over here just up in hey, the clouds, bro. Come on, boo. I we we Facetimed almost every night. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy that you're back. Um, it was rough. It was tough, though. I, you know, but you know, I got into a rhythm of things. You know, whenever if I order McDonald's, yeah. What do you What have you been up to since I've been gone? I've been up to a lot, man. Um, man, I uh, I've been volunteering a lot. Been really trying to, you know, push Guaranteed Karma out there. For those of you that don't know, I have a startup called Guaranteed Karma. It is a volunteer platform where you could easily navigate where to volunteer. After you volunteer, you get incentives from local businesses. Um, so I've been just uh, leading by example, man. Been vo- volunteering a lot. We've been doing street cleanups, partnerships with bars where we get free drinks and drink specials after we volunteer. I've seen, uh, yeah, no, the guaranteed karma stuff. But I've been seeing your posts, and you're, you're getting good turnouts too with that. I was able to come into one of them on a couple of days off, and 
You're killing it, man. You got you to keep that going for Thanks, sure. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. We're going to keep on. We're going to change the world together. We'll get people to start uh, just volunteering once a week. I mean, once a month. I mean, anybody could volunteer once a month. It's pretty easy. So we could get people doing that. But uh, other than that, man, just, uh, you know, out here grinding, taking care of the pups. Uh, whenever I eat McDonald's, I make sure that I have to put trip <laughs> in the room because... He goes crazy over McDonald's. He does. That's your that's fault. My, your parents my, are going to be mad when they find out you've been giving him little... That is my fault. You know, actually, this uh, the last like two weeks here of training, I was like, I need to clean up my diet. And so I have completely cut out all fast food. I'm going like an 80% type vegan thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll see how... We'll see. Yeah. No, I'll be real. We'll make a bet right now. We'll make a bet. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. When are you going to have McDonald's next? Let's I'm not bet. having McDonald's, man. I'm, I'm, that's cut out. You're not going to have McDonald's. You. You're not going to have McDonald's. You heard it straight from I the horse's mouth. Bet. Let's make a bet right now. You as can, soon I'll as bet I you. see you order McDonald's, I'm posting it on the Bastards in the City podcast. Hey, and what's the wager? What's the wager? I will do another, I will do another McDonald's challenge. Less than a month. And you know, I will do another McDonald's oh. challenge. And I will complete it this time if I lose this bet. For all you guys that don't know, I actually, this is disgusting. He did do it. Well, let's do this. Okay. If you eat McDonald's within this month's time, you have to do the McDonald's challenge again. And let's raise money for, because you and me were thinking about doing a marathon. Oh, I'm going to do the marathon. You were thinking about it. Maybe we could just go ahead and raise enough money for the marathon Hey, fair, we might fair need enough. to do this anyways. We'll do a little, yeah, we'll do a little fundraiser for that. Trust me, it's not happening. I'm, I'm like cleaning up the diet. Oh, it's definitely happening. Oh, I reached know. a breaking point. But tell them, <laughs> tell them about the last time you did it. Guys, it was disgusting. I don't know if you guys have heard of the McDonald's challenge. So <laughs> hear, hear me out. I, who? So Jason, Jason Tardik, he was, he, he had dared me to do it. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Cause I like, I can put down anything with McDonald's. And so I agreed to it. We'd like raise a bunch of money for uh, American Red Cross and, Essentially, it was in 90 minutes, you have to eat three double quarter pounders with cheese, one single quarter pounder with cheese, two orders of 10-piece McNuggets, so total of 20, two orders of medium fries, and four sodas. I thought going into it, it was possible. It was the most painful experience I think I've ever had in my life. Um, it was, I, I had to throw up twice, like, but it was kind of cool. We had, remember we had Dana White, he came on from UFC. Dana White, how much money we raised? Like $15,000? Like 15K, like yeah, it was, it was actually, it was, I mean, it was worth it for that. For your, but then I remember Dusty's COVID like- COVID relief and stuff like that. Yeah, it was during quarantine. We, we were all bored. And so we were like, hey, let's just do this. It'll be funny. Wasn't funny. But yeah, if, it, uh, if I break this bet- I will do it again. And we'll go on Instagram live and we'll do it. He puked so much, guys. I was worried for him. I was like, you need to get that out your system. I got a video of it, actually. That was, yeah, we're not going to bring that up. You remember that video? I was so pissed Don't post you. that video. Don't post that video. Don't post it's that video. disgusting. Don't, really, seriously, don't do it. That was good, though. Yeah. So how's flying been, man? Dude, flying has been awesome. Well, I haven't, you know, flown I, technically yet in a real airplane. So in training, uh, for you guys that don't know, um, I was, I was in Denver, you know, flying for United Airlines now for about a month and a half. And you go through a whole course, you learn your systems, you learn your procedures, and then you get into actual full flight simulators where the, you know, you're in a box, essentially it's a, a mock-up of an actual cockpit and it gives you the, you know, the forces of an actual airplane, great graphics. So finish that up. My final check ride yesterday, awaiting a couple of days here. And then, um, 
the next step is you go to what's called IOE, initial operating experience, and I'll fly with a, a line check airman. He'll check me out for about 25 hours of flying and then give me one more check ride in the actual airplane. And then from there, I'm released to the line and I'm a full-on uh, United Airlines pilot. We're flying out of Newark, flying out of LaGuardia, um, all around the country, a lot of Caribbean, um, a little bit of Europe actually we're thinking of doing, which is pretty cool on the 737 out of, out of, out of Newark. Uh, so that's, I'm excited for but yeah, man, this has been my, my lifelong dream. So it's, uh, it's pretty surreal. I'm stoked. So, so do you have to go through this training every time you switch a different airlines or is it just because of COVID? A lot of pilots had <laughs> flown in a while. So what's the... Because Dustin, what, what Dustin's trying to say is, how many more times am I going to have to take care of the dogs like this? <laughs> With no. absolutely zero, zero no, help. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But He's like, I, I got to figure this, this out. If I want to resign this lease for next year, okay? <laughs> no, I didn't know if it's because you're, you're, you're just transferring airlines. You Pilots have to do that all the time whenever they yeah, switch no. just airlines. Or is it because of COVID where there's such a long time period? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. With our with the industry, with the aviation um, airline industry, uh, a lot of pilots didn't fly a lot in the last year. So whether or not you were switching airlines or going to a different airplane, you probably lost currency in the current airplane that you're flying just because you didn't. Like I didn't fly for a year. Um uh, pretty much all of 2020. And so just because I switched airlines and I, you know, actually I'm flying the same airplane. It's a 737. So I was actually already typed in it, um, over at Delta, but I, uh, had to go through the same exact process as everyone else. And, you know, the FAA has courses that are, um, mandated and approved for each airline. So I had to go the United route. And so now I'm a certified, you know, United Airlines 737 pilot, and uh, yeah, but usually when you get a type rating, it's about a month and a half of training. And type rating means you're learning to fly a brand new airplane. Um, when I go back for training every like nine months is recurrent training. That's a three-day course. You're just, you know, doing some maneuvers and being checked out again. But yeah, man, it's good. That's cool, man. A lot of work, That's dope. but it paid off. Well, this is the most important question. When do my buddy passes kick in? You know what? I think that is a good a good gift that I'm going to bestow upon you for the excellent job of watching over my son. Oh uh, man, my guy! I, you know I, think, I, I don't care what they say about you, man. I don't care what they, they, you know, forget what they say. You're a good guy, man. One of the coolest things about flying is you get you get two. You can either do a bunch of buddy passes where you get 24 buddy passes the pilot can give out a year, or you can pick two people to have unlimited flying for every year. So let's go, Dustin, on the podcast live. I would like to present this to you. One of those two passes. Use it up, man, as much as I you want. I will accept these passes. I will, will you accept, accept these passes? These passes. <laughs> hey, there we, there we go. That was oh, the answer man. I was looking for. I'll wash the dogs anytime. I'm actually going <laughs> to London here shortly. I'll well, use them for you London. That. You got London. unlimited all around the world. So Go to London, mate. London town. Who are you going to London with? Don't worry about it. We don't need to speak on that just yet. When it what? becomes, if it becomes official, it'll become official when we speak about who I'm going well, with. You got to work on that accent, mate. That's, I, want, uh, I want all my accent and drink some water. And <laughs> what? I'm sorry if that offended anybody. I know our accents are terrible. It's okay. What's your favorite accent? Uh, my favorite accent. Your your new your Jersey accents. I like to. Uh, I'm not gonna cuss on the podcast because I'm not gonna up the tally. But um, oh, Geo's go-to check. tagline. We gotta get Geo on here at the uh, honestly Jay Z accent. I will tell you guys right now. Justin, our buddy Justin, that lives in our building. He 
It's the most interesting, mysterious, 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 mysterious guy <laughs> I we have ever met, and he's honestly a character. He needs to have his own TV show. I kid you not. He is a character. He's he's so, so to like paint a picture. I wonder if any of you guys have a friend like this. And we say this with like the most love in our heart because he's truly one of our best friends. <laughs> Justin is the guy that you feel like you are absolute best friends with. And, you know, he's got your back whenever you need him. You got his back whenever he needs you. You guys have an absolute blast together. And if like 20 years down the line, you found out that he was like in a witness protection program or like a CIA agent <laughs> or an FBI agent, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be you confused once. You would be like, that makes total sense. Like I could totally see that. You wouldn't doubt it. Um, <laughs> he is funny. He is funny. He's hey, hilarious. Yeah, well, well, yeah, guys, if you guys actually want to meet him, a lot of times he DJs at the, you know, Guaranteed Karma events. And also... Super talented DJ. Yeah, and also at Overlook, Wednesday nights, I'll bartend. He's DJing and Peter's in here drinking. So uh, come hang out with us sometime at Overlook. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice little little plug. His name's uh, Basic Basic Geo. Is his, Basic his DJ Geo. Name. Basic Geo. He sounds hey, just like that. Hey, use, hey, use over there. Hey, use. <laughs> he used some some profanity I won't use as well on here. But uh And if you guys if you guys ever meet him in person, just go up to him and just say <laughs> Don't say don't say anything else, just say that. It'll be perfect. He'll know exactly what it means. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we gotta get him on there. We got he's gotta be a guest on here. That's gonna happen. Absolutely. That'll be true for you guys. All right, dude. Well, I, um, I'm excited to, it's, yeah, it's been a break. I, I really haven't even experienced the city fully open. I left May 25th was my class date. I think everything opened up here June 1st. So I'm excited, man, to get Lines back everywhere. to, uh, I'm not crazy for that. Everywhere. But, Traffic yeah. everywhere. It's back, baby. It's back. It's back. But that's why we love New York. So I'm excited. Enjoy the passes. I couldn't thank you enough, man, for uh, taking care of the pups. And hey, man. Holding down not the a, fort. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. Doing Buckle my friend duties. Buckle up. Adventure calls. Let's hey, go. I'm going with you on some of those trips, too. So, Hey, going to We're, London uh, in September. Let's go. You sure you want me there? I don't know if you want me on that trip. but We, we can get you a London girl. We get you a London a girl. I got fi- to find one other person to give out this second pass to you. So we'll, we'll see. Who? Oh. Ooh. Who's the lucky lady out there? I mean, it could be another friend, too. But you never know. You never know. Never know. All right. Um, All right. We'll take a break after this. <laughs> All right. We'll be, we'll be right back, guys. <laughs> Very clean transition. Loved it. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> guys I'm sorry I, you know what I'm taking back those passes <laughs> welcome third roommates always our favorite segment bringing you guys on uh, to the show today we have Addie from Minneapolis joining us um, she's got a fun question for us, uh, a fun, fun little question. And, um, here it is. Hey guys, Addie from Minneapolis. Love the podcast. Um, if you could go on a date with any celebrity, Bachelor Nation excluded, who would it be? 
All right, Addy. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure everyone's kind of thought about this a lot. You know, you always kind of like have a celebrity crush. Who is it? Who is it? Victoria I'm just going to go. <coughs> okay, that's 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 your that's your celebrity crush. <laughs> um, it's funny. I will say though, I excluding Bachelor Nation. I've never I don't feel like Bachelor Nation like are so I wouldn't categorize them in like celebrity level. I mean, that's very kind to like say, but right? Do you agree with me, Desi? I always like get a little confused yeah. like we don't bring any talent to, you know, it's just dating. Yeah. Like we're not like actors yeah. or I would I would agree with that as well. Um who would you want to that was not in Bachelor Nation, but who would be your who's your celebrity crush? Someone you want to date. All right. So, I'll give you a guess. I'll give you I'm going to give you a clue. Okay, because mine's very easy. Like I just, I already know. I've known this for a while. Accent there. That's your, that's your clue. Very appropriate with this episode. Accent. Yeah. Is it the uh, have anything to do with Wolf on Wall Street? Um, you get one guess. Accent is your one clue. I don't know her. I don't know her name. Oh, you're, you're one... thinking of Mar- Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's uh, it's actually not the answer, but she's a very close second. She's yeah, <laughs> great, <laughs> great, great call. Um, so my celebrity crush that I would, I would, I would date uh, Emma Watson Emma from Watson. Harry Potter. I I remember I like growing up just had like such a, cr- like a you crush are on her. A Harry Potter little freak. I am. Look I even you. hey Emma, if you're listening to this, I uh, I got the books right behind me here on the bookshelf. Um, Oh man! If a, that if a girl ever sees it's it's a wrap. If he shows a girl the the Harry Potter books, Harry it's Potter books, game <laughs> over. Um, I guess I got to work oh, on my accent that. though to uh, to impress her. If that ever were to come to fruition, you do have to work on it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about you, Rashida Jones? Rashida Jones is just so funny. I think she's gorgeous. Um, I love her like sense of humor. How like. It's kind of like dry, but I don't know. She's just a uh, very funny and beautiful. I feel like she would have like great stories of growing up as her father's Quincy Jones. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be my. That's mine. Okay. Awesome. Well, should, should, should we try <laughs> okay. to manifest this? You don't know Rashida like, Jones? <laughs> I actually don't. You know who Rashida Jones is, don't you? I, I'm so I, bad with names. Let me. I wasn't gonna like okay, say it and who that was, but let me look her up real quick. Okay. Remember, okay. One. You remember? I love you, man. Rashida Jones. The movie? Oh, I, I, yeah, see, I'm horrible with names. Yeah, I know exactly you know who she is. Rashida Jones. What else has yeah. she been in? She's been in, um, I think she was in the office. She's, just, she's oh, in a lot of yes. movies. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> You're like, name, oh, but... okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I don't know what to say here. It's going to, yeah, yeah, agree. Agree for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're awkward a lot of times too. You know what? It, this, you know, this goes to say, like, in life, if you're just awkward sometimes, it's a okay. Weird and awkward's a okay. Yeah, we're, there's nothing wrong with it's we, being real, you know? It's being real. Just being You're not always bright. calm and cool and collected and suave. And know what's going on. You sound like yeah. me whenever I can't hear people. They say something to me. I'm like, yep. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I would have laughed so hard if you like would have somehow asked the question about so what do you think about Rashida? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know where I would have gone with that. <laughs> oh, Rashida, uh <laughs> Ooh, great, great the, gal. <laughs> that's such an awkward. I hate when I do that in public. When they're like, "Hey, you know this person," and a lot of times you just kind of don't you even want to go into the conversation of being no, and you just want to like, yeah, you try yeah. to kill the conversation, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> wait, I have the funniest moment of this uh, when we when we went to the Mets game. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Peter, oh. who's your favorite baseball player? No, <laughs> guys, guys, no, no. Okay, real quick. This is gold. This and this is this is no. I'm, I truly mean this. No disrespect towards any like baseball organization. Like I have the utmost respect for these athletes and whatnot. But I'm not the biggest baseball fan. I'm a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan. Like that's where my heart lies. I appreciate sports, and so like we got to go, we had an awesome opportunity to go to the Mets game, and obviously, and we went. Um, you know, they treated us to an amazing, like, sweet. It was unbelievable. Did a little bit of social stuff with them, um, my content. And I had Mr. and Mrs. Met come in. It was super cool to meet them. And then they had this, uh, this really nice girl, um, you know, do a little interview with me. And, um, you know, she's like, all right, this or that, this or that. And then it got to the end. And um, I, I was sweating because she goes, all right, so who's, um, and this is at the Mets game. She says, who's, who's your, your favorite Mets player? And my brain, I didn't, I couldn't name one Mets player. I didn't know one Mets player. And I'm just like, oh no. Oh, like the song, oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, that no. couldn't have been in oh, my no, head more. No, no, I, no, no. I, I have a problem where I blush a lot. Like when I get nervous, like it's just, it comes and I can't stop it. Like I'm like red as a tomato. I'm like, this is so obvious that I probably don't know. Well, she, thank God, like there was an angel looking over me that day because she continues like right then, she continues. She's like, you know, I know you share a name with, uh, is it pistol, pistol or pistol Pete? Something Pete. Yeah. Some, there's Pete another. Something. Anyway, there's another Pete on. I think the first baseman, Pete Alonzo, and um, I'm pretty sure it's name Pete Alonzo. And she's like, I know you share the name with you know with Pete with Pistol Pete. You know, is it him? Or is it someone else? I'm like, you know what? I got to keep it in the name. I'm going. I'm going with Pistol Pete. Pete Alonzo. And like, I try to play it off like I knew exactly what I was talking about. But the only reason I could give her an answer is because she essentially gave me the answer for me. So <laughs> I got to Damn, that was bad. <laughs> yeah um yeah this was a uh, that was funny that was funny yeah all right well hey thank this went way too long addy um but emma watson and rashida jones and uh, thank you so much for your question uh it's been great uh guys please continue to send in your questions uh, we have a lot of fun with this segment and uh love bringing you on so i'm peter and i'm dustin and we are bachelors in the city we'll see you guys Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by Acast. Our producer is Red Yoakum and our associate producer is Emma Martins. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. Send your voice memos to BTC at redrockmusic.com. That's BTC at R-E-D-D rockmusic.com for your chance to be featured on the show. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.